We had eight games in the NBA on Thursday. We're going to break them all down. We're going to look at waiver wire trends. We're going to talk about, as usual, weird decisions from coaches, big performances, and the Pistons losing. It's like every other day. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and right in front of my salad, are you serious? I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore b-ball, on TikTok at redrock underscore b-ball, and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks. Download the Price Picks app. Oh, that's, that's not the right phrase, is it? The phrase is actually, it's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code all lowercase LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. We are available on all platforms. You want to double bang it? Watch the video. Listen to the audio. And if you are here on video, subscribe, thumbs up, leave your comments down below. Operation 80K. Doubt we'll hit it this season, but you never know. If you guys hit the thumbs up, if you guys hit the subscribe, we will. We'll get there. We've got eight games on a Thursday, which is usually a busier, well, it's a busier day than usual in the NBA. So let's uh, let's talk about that. Let's get straight into talking about uh, some news to begin with. And we got the news that absolutely nobody is, sh- <clears throat> is shocked by Gordon Hayward. He's reevaluated in at least two weeks. Calf strain, left the game. Old bastard. Had to be two weeks minimum. It's going to be three. Drop him. In fact, John Armstrong. Yeah, you don't do not hold Gordon Haywood. Now, obviously, they're dealing with other injuries. This helps preserve Brandon Miller's value. I don't have any idea when Lamelo Ball or Mark Williams are coming back, but I knew that Gordon Haywood was going to be out for this time. So you move on, and you can grab him later on if you want. But it doesn't matter. You drop him. We'll talk more Hornets later on because they played in the last game of the day. The news here is Joel Embiid is out for tomorrow. So I recorded all of the preview show earlier today, and we didn't know. And then straight after I hit publish, he uh, was announced as out, but we know what to do there. It is Paul Reed stream time. He is the guy, the priority, 100% over Mobamba every day of the week. I wasn't going to address this piece of news. And in fact, I didn't, I wasn't going to address it so much that I didn't even put it on the little rundown here. But then just as I was hitting record, about the fourth person today asked me this question. I went, all right, I guess people are seeing it and talking about it. Lonzo Ball. There was an update on Lonzo Ball. Apparently, he's now able to um, be pain-free in his knee. So the question is, do we add him? And the answer is, no, you don't. Not at all. Don't waste a move. Don't waste a roster spot. Don't do anything. If it costs you literally nothing, and you can slide him into an empty IL slot, it hurts absolutely nobody. But it's not going to happen. The report on his knee said that the Bulls still don't think he's playing this season. And even if he did play this season, it will be in a long time... (laughs) for a limited amount of minutes and missing back-to-backs and it's not going to work for you. So you're just clogging up a roster spot or an IL slot. It's great that he's pain-free. doesn't mean shit in terms of resuming his basketball career at this stage and it definitely doesn't mean anything is happening like right now. So no, if you were, and I, I bet I bet if I went and had a look that lots of balls roster percentage has gone up, you do not 
You do not have to roster Lonzo Ball. In fact, I would advise heavily, outside of Dynasty, I would advise heavily against doing it. I just want Lonzo to be healthy and fit and ready to go next season because he's an unbelievable player. I just hope, <laughs> I hope we get there. But you do not do anything with it now for fantasy. Let's talk waiver wire trends, who's been the most added and most dropped players over the last 24 hours. The number one most added player was the big avocado, Andre Drummond. Not a shock. I'm a bit shocked that it took that long to add him. But you guys who are locked on fantasy basketball listeners and watchers, you knew this four days ago. You were on top of Drummond. You didn't need to be part of the 36% of leagues that just added him overnight. You knew this days ago. So you're on top of it. Julian Champagne, up 26%. Bubbles continues to start for the Spurs. I don't know whether that'll be the case moving forward. I have added him in a 14-team league. I have not in a 12, and I think that's about where it sits, but we'll talk about the Spurs. They've got a back-to-back Thursday, Friday. We'll talk about them later on. Matisse Leibel up 22%. The back-to-back helps him there. The absence of Shaden Sharp helps him. He is totally okay to stream in for these games. The artist formerly known as Torian Prince. Thursday begins the three-game in four-night stretch for the Lakers. He is starting... And he remains the only shooter in their starting lineup, even though they changed their starting lineup again today. Yep, totally good to roster him. Sticks, I'm surprised Jalen Smith only went up 17%. He was at 8% rostered before I looked at this, I think, and he has jumped up. I grabbed him in industry pickup. I would suggest grabbing him in all 12-team leagues. I did suggest grabbing him in all 12-team leagues already, and I would continue to suggest that at this point. And Craig Porter Jr. up 16%. I would think, he was good yesterday, no problem. I would think Don Mitchell plays in the next game. I don't know that. I would expect Don plays, and I don't think that Craig is going to be a 12-team league guy. So while that's great to add him, you also don't get credit for the game that you already played. And I don't think he has value in this next one. But Mitchell could be dealing with tuberculosis slash um, consumption and be out again. And then Craig gets another opportunity. But I don't think that's the case. People have jumped ahead of the Gordon Hayward drop. So uh, applause to you guys. You should have done it, and you should do it now. And Dylan Brooks is out for an indeterminate amount of time. He's a clear drop also. Wendell Carter Jr., yep, no problem with dropping him. I do think he's going to be better, and I think he might at some point have top 100 numbers, but I don't think you have to hold on. You can, but you don't have to, so totally okay with dropping him. Dorian Finney-Smith down 10%. Obviously, you got dicked over with the Nets yesterday. He's okay to have as a streamer. I don't know what they're going to do with their lineups moving forward, but that's cool. Kelly Oubre down 9%. I probably, like, he stunk last game, no question about it, and I don't think he's a long-term guy. I probably would have held just to see if he can get a couple of usage games in without Embiid, but we'll find out. And then people dropped Keontae George. I know his first game back wasn't particularly good, and then he played again today, but I don't know why I would have dropped him before today's game. He's still more of a luxury stash, but again, there's going to be more to talk about with Keontae when we look at the uh, the Jazz game later on in uh, in this show, because it is it is gone up. We're talking Jazz later on. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America, and it is also the easiest and the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. You don't have to worry about getting a lineup in there with a salary cap to deal with. You don't have to worry about entering contests with thousands of people and full of sharks who are out there pilfering your dough. You don't have to worry about any of that sort of stuff. With Prize Picks, it's player projections. They put them up, and you just say, hmm, more or less, and you pick one of them. Easy. Between two to six of those individual player projections, you throw them into a lineup, and then that entry can win you 25 times your money back. $10 in, 250 out if you nail all six of them. It's super fast. The withdrawals are super fast as well. There's so many different players and individual stats that they throw up for you, you being able to have a look at and make your picks. It's so, so easy over on PricePix, and it's fun. So go to pricepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That is prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA. The code is LockedOnNBA. You get a first deposit match up to $100. PricePix is daily fantasy sports made easy.
I guess this will just bring us into the games because, well, that's where we're at. The first one, the first game, it didn't happen, but it almost did. The Pistons almost won. They did not. They went to overtime in what was probably their best game of the season outside of the one earlier in the year against the Heat. Um, they were up 20 points at halftime. They had just an absolute disaster class of a third quarter to let the Celtics back into it, made up the 20 points in one quarter. And then it ended up, they were up in the fourth and it went to overtime and the, pay, uh, the Celtics win at 128-122. Cade had a fantastic first half, very quiet third, but ended the game stuffing the stat sheet again. 31, 6 and 9, four threes, three steals, two blocks, 55 from the field, 75 from the line, top 20 player over the last two weeks. He's been awesome. He's been awesome. I know you guys hated the pick early in the season. He's been pretty good. I think you got to grab Jaden Ivey. It's not going to be every game, but it's pushing this way. And instead of being one good game out of every four, it's maybe two out of every four. And soon it'll be three out of every four, I think. 22 and 10, three threes, a block, 53% shooting. He had a couple of weird mistakes in the game, but whatever. He's a young player and he's developing and the minutes are encouraging. And passport legend Jalen Duran played 40 minutes. He had 15 and 14, and we're obviously rostering him. There was no Isaiah Stewart in this game, so they started the fort. Kevin Knox, 18 minutes for him, six points. And I will say that this. Um, Asar Thompson, we've said this about two weeks ago. He's a very, very easy drop. Get that garbage out of here! I know it's fun to like Asar Thompson. I like Asar Thompson a lot. It is fun to do that. He's a very fun player, and he had a great stretch to begin the season. I, I understand all of this. But it is also worth thinking about. These, you don't want to fall into the trap as a fantasy manager, which some of you do, and sometimes we're all guilty of it. It's like the, well, why isn't Andre Drummond a starting NBA center? He's better than all of these guys. He should be out there. Look at the numbers he puts up, which is just not accurate in terms of who he is as a player. It's like the, well, look at Asar. Look at these big numbers. He just needs to be out there and um, playing all these big minutes. Now, I do agree that he probably needs to play Asar more than 12 minutes on a developing team. But that lack of shooting kills it. It just really, really hurts the team overall. And them not playing him is not as big of a kick to the dick as what you think it is. I don't think it's as egregious of an error as it was, say, making Jaden Ivey the 12th or 11th man in the rotation or starting Killian Hayes over Jaden Ivey, for example. Um, I do I do like Asar Thompson. I would definitely give him more minutes than he's getting. But just getting some element of spacing... I think part of it is not having Isaiah Stewart out there and having someone like Knox is not great at all. He's not, he's not even good, but at least he offers a threat of shooting and that opened up a lot for this team. What they need is someone who could be a knockdown shooter at the four. Not sure where they'd find one of those. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, Buen Bogdanovich had 17, 12 and six in 44 minutes. He shot 38%. It's not good shooting. It is very obvious that this team needs Buen Bogdanovich to start at the four they need someone to fill the three. And the problem is, is the Asar and Duran combos have two non-shooters and that does make it difficult. So that's where I go, where do we fit Asar into this mix as a long-term minutes player, or at least this season? And I don't really know where it goes. So I would not be holding, waiting for things to change for him is my long-winded explanation on that. Alec Burks played 30 minutes. The Giggler had 12 points with four threes and two steals on 31%. Cool. He's not going to be on this team long-term. His minutes go up and down. I don't think we need to worry too much about him. But Killian Hayes played 10 minutes. And you can obviously jack him. Get that garbage out of here. For the Celtics, another bad shooting night from Tatum. He played 43 minutes and shot 36%. That's been a real problem. And obviously, this is why he's not a first-round player this season. 
31, 7, and 10 with five steals is pretty good, though, while Porzingis had 35 and 8 with three threes. And Al Horford started next to him with Jalen Brown out. The florist was dealing with that back injury, so Al Horford played 37. He had 8 and 5 with two threes and a steal on a block. And Al Horford, I guarantee you this, is not playing in tomorrow's game. I don't know about Tatum. I don't know about Brown. I don't know about Porzingis. But what I do know is that Al Horford is not playing in that game. The Celtics actually on uh, Friday have uh, Toronto. Um, so they could be sitting some guys there. We don't know, but just be aware of that, that Horford will not play. Um, Derek White struggled a bit early, but I thought his fourth quarter and overtime were really, really good. He was able to just take over and do like isolation drive scoring, like Derek White taking over the game. Cool. 23, 4, and 5, two blocks, 60%, continues this ridiculous run. And Drew Holiday played 44 minutes, 12 and 9. Not much else going on there. Slam and Sammy Hauser only hit the 1-3 while... Pre-game, it appeared like Sneaky Joe Mazzula was telling us that Luke Cornett was going to be the backup big off the bench. And of course, Namias Kader, the Pastel Donata, played 20 minutes for five points and Cornett played zero. So yeah, lying legend Joe Mazzula joins the group of the other lying legends. Well, we've got more to talk about with coaches later on. What do the Pistons do here? I don't know. What they need to do that won't result in a win immediately is fire the management. It is obvious, but they won't. And again, again, guys, Monty Williams will not be fired. If Tom Gores is just chucking $70 million around, I might just hit him up for a quick mill. Tom, I've been very supportive of you guys. Just send me a million dollars. You're willing to throw $70 million away on a coach. He's not been fired. I'm, I feel pretty good about saying that. I just don't think that's got any real chance of happening. So yeah, don't bank on that. Fixing things. The Utah Jazz men. They took on the Pelicans. The Pelicans win at 112-105. The Jazz, you'll be shocked to know, changed their starting lineup again. Walker Kessler started. Chris Chris Olenek, no. Cali Olenek went to the bench. So I don't I never know what to do with Olenek. Now he's on the bench, you drop him. 6-3-3 three, and three in 19 minutes. Kessler, 11-4, two steals and a block. Unfortunately, didn't win you blocks on his own this week, but did shoot 100% from the field. I've had people ask me if they should drop him. I also told them, no, what are you talking about? I've, I've had some. I had someone ask me today if they should drop Mikhail Bridges. So again, people can get crazy with stuff. Um, very interested to see what's going on with Colin Sexton here. 30 minutes for him, while 24 for Clarkson. 26, 5, and 3 with three threes. I was maybe too hasty in dropping Colin Sexton. I thought Clarkson coming back... Actually, I don't even remember if I said must drop him, but I think he was moving towards that. But if he's going to start, then yes. I, I didn't expect this. 26, 5, and 3, while Markinen had 24, 10, and 5. As for Clarko, his last couple of games were good. This one was not. 10, 2, and 6 on 27%. I still think you probably roster him. And I don't think you need to roster John Collins. Look at John Collins' numbers. Remember last season, man, this guy can't shoot threes. His thumbs busted up. He's at 28%. He's at like 38% from three this season, but now he can't hit twos. He's like 10% off his usual number. So do the threes come down? The twos go up? I actually don't want to wait around and find out. Eight and 12 with a block for Collins in 26 minutes. That is 14 team league stuff. Get that garbage out of here. And that brings us to Keontae George. Also, Taylor Horton Tucker, six minutes. Get that garbage out of here. Chris Dunn started 19 minutes. This is a death knell, a three-point guard rotation. And that's what that's killing Keontae. Four points, 22 minutes, five assists, 14%. I look two games ago, which was a long time because he got injured. The game before he got injured, 30 points. He looked great. And then he hurt his foot in the first minute of the next one, and the next two coming back, there's a three-point guard situation. I still firmly believe that George will start and play 30 minutes a night and have a top 100 run at some point. But the injury, this three-point guard scenario, is clouding it, and it is moving from a, hmm, you probably should have him, to a, you're only holding if you're in a luxury position. We're 10 weeks into the season. 
Can I wait another four weeks for him to reestablish as a 30-minute-a-night player? In a lot of cases, the answer is no. I can if I'm at the top, but if I'm in the middle, I can't. And that's where we're at with George. Because I don't think the payoff is top 30 here. It might be top 100. And that's almost not going to be good enough for a large portion of people to hold on. On uh, the New Orleans side uh, of this equation, interesting stuff. Zion, 26, 3, and 5, two blocks, 100%. Oh, sorry, that was Ingram. Ingram, 26, 3, and 5, one steal, two blocks, 100% from the line. Zion, 21, 10, and 8 with 71% shooting. McCullum, 22, 3, and 6 with four threes. 20-point games from all of those guys. Really good stuff. Not a great game from Trey Murphy. When I say not great, I mean terrible. Six points in 23 minutes with two threes. Do not drop him. Please hold, but understand he is not going to be the guy that you might think he's going to be. He's not going to be this bad. He's not going to be that good. He's in between. And Herb Jones showed a little bit. He blocked a shot, but it's 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 not enough. Sorry, Herb. Get that garbage out of here. Six and three for Herb in 29 minutes. What we did see here is Larry Nance returned, played 25 minutes, had nine and seven with five steals and a block. He was a plus 16. And then we went back to last season where Valanciunas played 23 minutes, was a minus nine, had six and four. Are we back to this where Nance and Zion is the preferred combination and JV and Zion isn't? I thought we might have moved on from that a little bit, but now I'm not sure. I'm not adding Nance, obviously, and I'm not dropping Valanciunas. But if I had Valanciunas, I would be nervous because this was the game plan all of last season. This was the game plan any time that Zion was healthy with Valanciunas until this season is that we limit them together and we play Nance more. And Nance got the closing role here or got the big minute role or the, the better role and Valanciunas saw yeah, 10 fewer minutes a game. It's really interesting. That is the direction that they went and it does require us monitoring it very, very closely. Very closely. Because 23 minute a night, Jonas Valanciunas is a drop. There is no guarantee he's a 23-minute-a-night player, but it happened, and it reverted back to that same thing that we used to see so many times. So you've got to be at least at least somewhat nervous. Cool, 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 cool. All right, let's do the next one. It is the Dallas Mavericks losing to the Wolves, 118-110. Dallas had no Kyrie, no Luka, uh, no Maxi Kleber, obviously. So they actually moved Tim Hardaway to the bench. It didn't really change much. He had 32 points in 32 minutes with five threes and two steals. We know what he is. While these guys are out, he's going to take a lot of shots. Sometimes they go in, sometimes they don't, but that's worth having. And then a Dwight Powell masterclass. 30 minutes for Powley, 12, 14, and six, two steals and a block. That is an unbelievable game. I wouldn't react at all. Derek Lively got into foul trouble. He had two points in 15 minutes. He had five fouls in that time. That is two rough games in a row for Lively. And the question has already been asked to me as well. I was going to say the question has been popped. The answer is yes. You don't drop Derek Lively. Please don't. It's two bad games with foul trouble. It would be a rash decision to move on. Don't do it. Hold on to him. Please do it. Please hold. Uh, Exum, 24 minutes, 11, 2, and 6. He's worth holding. So is Derek Jones, 15 and 9, 3 steals and a block. In fact, outside of them being a hold, like Jones and Exum, if they're on the wire, you add them, even though Exum didn't play that well here. Good game from Jaden Hardy, which would have been better last week, but 17, 2, and 1 on 39%. Oh, he's rough. Shooting is rough, but this opportunity is not there all the time. While they started Grant Williams and he replaced him Hardaway, uh, eight points with two threes. He is obviously just not anywhere close to any sort of fantasy option. Unfortunately, old Batman. The other side of the coin was the Minnesota Timberwolves. Goose was great. 38 minutes for Anthony Edwards with 44 points, six threes, three steals, and a block. 
A little bit annoying with the free throws, 78% on 18 attempts, but otherwise pretty good. 20 and 11 for Gobert on 100% shooting with three blocks is awesome. And Jaden McDaniels, the four blocks is nice, but the offensive ineptitude and the fact that you have zero rebounds is what annoys me. 12 points, one steal, four blocks, zero rebounds, zero assists. Not looking like a must roster 12. Kyle Anderson played 27 minutes, interestingly, 8 and 10, while Towns just was bad. 10, 8 and 3, bad from the field, bad from the line. I wonder if his knee or how much his knee was bothering him. We hope there's nothing serious there. While the Wizard of Nas and Nas Reed, only 18 minutes, even with Towns playing 27. So you can go ahead and jack Nas Reed, I think. Get that garbage out of here! When he gets hot, you roll it, and he's not hot, you move on. He's a backup center who tops out at 23 minutes. It's just not worth holding through the cold streaks, I don't believe. Today's episode is also brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. As the weather gets colder, the offers on FanDuel, they stay hot. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That is $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's never been a better time to get in on the action. You can look at their parlays, their Moneyline bets. You can look at their spread bets. Their totals, over-unders, player props, futures. They've got everything that you could possibly ask for for so many different sports over at the old FD. So go to fanjul.com slash locked on and get ready for the NFL playoffs. Fanjul is an official partner of the NFL and don't forget to gamble responsibly. Let us take our way through to the next game. It was the um, Indiana Pacers beating the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls were um were up um were down huge in this one. They came flying back and they still somehow lost in double digit by double digits. Just a weird, weird game overall. 120 Indiana, 104 Chicago. Halliburton was not likely to play in this game. Glad he did. 21, 3, and 20 assists and zero turnovers. Two steals, one block, six threes. He had sort of cooled off a little bit, but this is great. Miles Turner, 24 and 6 with three blocks. We love that. And they kept that same starting line lineup. Neesmith played 34 minutes. 12 and 5, four, four threes, one steal, two blocks. That's a really good game. I'm still not convinced that he's going to be a must-roster 12-team rest of the season, but go ahead. While Sticks played only 25 minutes, I would have liked more. 15 and 7 with a 3 on 80% or 86% shooting is good. 2 of 5 from the line is bad. I do believe he's a 12-team league guy. Andrew Nempard only 24 minutes, and that's with Bruce Brown out. You do not add Nempard. 8-3-4 and four for him, while Heald had 19-6 and six in 33 off the bench with five threes of steal and a block. Still not really sure where Bruce Brown or how he fits back in or who would impact the most. It's probably Nempard. And then, um, who was the other one? Oh, Obi Toppin, 25 minutes for the big fella. 12 rebounds in that 25 minutes. We don't need to care about that. I expect that Smith stays in that starting lineup, and Neesmith, he probably stays there, and Nempard moves to the bench would be my guess. Pat Williams, 38 minutes for the Bulls. 22, 5 and 3, 2 steals, 2 threes. Cool. Great. Last game stunk. But he is much like when we talked about who was it? Jaden Ivey earlier on. When you go from one good game out of four, Williams is pushing up to probably two and a half out of four good games. That's a hundred percent a 12 team league guy. And I've been he's been on nearly every single streaming show over the last week and a half. He's still not rostered in 50% plus. He needs to be. And so does the player with the second best fantasy value on this team in this game, Alex Caruso. 15, 7, and 2, 1 steal, 3 threes. These guys are just floating free on waiver wires. Go on, Adam. DeMar Rosen, 21, 5, and 5 with 2 steals, but another subpar field goal night. Disappointing, but otherwise okay. And speaking of subpar field goals, Kobe White, 16, 5, and 2 with 2 threes, no defensive stats, 26%. Obviously a must-hold player. Please do not drop him. Um... 
Someone said in one of my comments, Josh, how come you talk about not making moves based on trades, yet you've been telling us to hold Kobe White all the, all the way because of a Levine trade? That is not what I've been saying about Kobe White at all. Never have I once said hold Kobe White waiting for a Levine trade. I said hold on to Kobe White because he is a starting point guard with high usage in 30-plus minutes, and the Levine trade sort of just helped out a little bit, or the Levine injury helped out a little bit, but I've never been like, wait for a trade for something to really go down. I'm never a wait for a trade guy. I'm always like, can you provide value in the interim? And then a trade further boosts it, which gives you a safety on the floor, which is like an Anyeka Okongwu, for example. And that's the same with White. If there is a trade and Levine goes and no one else comes back, then it helps his floor. But he, I, I hold him now for other reasons, not because of that. Andre Drummond played only 21 minutes in this game. He had some foul trouble. He still delivered, but obviously not as good as the last game. 7-16, and 16, bad field goals, bad free throws. You want the example of why Andre Drummond's not a starting center in the NBA? There you go. Still got to roster him. Absolute must roster player. Don't don't think there's anything different there. But it's not going to be one of those ones of well, what if when, what if he plays 39 and then Vooch plays 18 as the backup because he's actually better? No, that won't be the case. When Vooch is back and ready, Drummond will be turfed. I feel very confident about that one as well. Uh, Dalen Terry blocked three shots, which I don't know. I had to mention his name because it's there, but I don't think I need to particularly care about that performance. Next one was just an ass slapping. The Nuggets beat the Grizzlies 142-105. Ja Morant and Santi Aldama were both out with an illness. Desi Bain, only 25 minutes, 23-1-2. Honestly, I don't really know what I'm taking away from this game. Good game from John Conchar, but who cares? Like 10-7-3, two steals and a block. But your starters are barely playing. So there's just it's just so hard to judge this. What we got was a stereotypical, basically stereotypical Vince Williams games. Vince Williams game, 11 rebounds for him, five points on bad shooting. Tillman played 22, Biombo played 22, David Roddy stunk in his 29 minutes. He, oh, he's so bad, man. He scored 15 points, cool. But honestly, I don't even have to, I don't think I've got to spend any more time on this game because it's just a, like a 40-point loss without Ja Morant. The minutes are spread all over the shop. Good game from Marcus Smart, though. Add him if he's available. Vince Williams just should be more rostered in more leagues. Maybe that's my takeaway. Like every 16-teamer should have him and maybe some 14-teamers as well. Maybe. Not sold on 14-teams. Maybe, though. But otherwise, don't know what to take out of it. The bigger questions were on the Denver side because what we wanted to know was what was going to happen with Aaron Gordon out. Well, they did it. They actually started Peyton Watson and not Justin Holiday. Watson played 23 minutes again. Blowout. But 20 points, four threes, five rebounds, two assists, 43%. No defensive stats, which is usually what he hangs his hat on. Um, that's worth grabbing. I wouldn't say that he's 100% a 12-team priority, but he got the thing that we needed, and that was a start. If he plays 30 minutes, adds a block or two steals or two steals and a block in there. Top 60? I don't. Th- he's not going to be a 20-point scorer. Let's get that clear. But very interesting. What do we like to say? We get out ahead. And this was the guy that we wanted to target, and it worked. Good. KCP had 12, 2, and 3. Nothing exciting there. Michael Ponder had 8 points in 23 minutes, and Christian Brown 11 in 23. Strowler had 12 points, but Watson's still the guy that I'm looking at here. If you're starting, you've got a better chance for minutes, so I want him over Strowler, over Brown, over Holiday. He might not start the next game, but I would be pretty shocked if it changed. So again, not a lot to talk about here. Oh yeah, Jokic just a casual triple-double. 26, 14, and 10. Didn't miss a single shot from the field or the line and had a block and a three. Just a great game in limited minutes. But this is just an absolute ass kicking with really the only takeaway being, yeah, Peyton Watson started, so maybe we take a look at that one. All right, 
the next game, the Miami Heat, they had nobody available and they still win. This team just has something weird that always happens. I, I know what it is. It's, it's Eric Spolster, pretty clearly. Um, but yeah, look, to win on the road with the Warriors, against the Warriors with no Richardson, no Butler, no Lowry, no Caleb Martin, starting RJ Hampton and Haywood Highsmith, it's a pretty ridiculous win. Tyler Hero, 31 minutes, 26-7-2 with a steal. Let me throw this question at you. You give me answers. I'm not even going to tinge you with my, with my answer. Who's the Heat's best player? Is it Butler? Is it Hero? Is it Adebayo? I think I know who I think it is. But I'm not certain. I'm not certain. Hero's been really strong since he came back. Adebayo, 17-11. and 11, Not his best night. No defensive stats, but still pretty good. And Hakez, again, just generated good numbers. Now, I had this discussion on one of my shows recently about Hakez and people talking about how, yeah, how good he is and how I'm, I'm still like, resistant to be him being this awesome fantasy asset. 39 minutes is great. 17, 5, and 6 is great. But I'm still yet... Like, what is his big... What's his big category? What's his big push category? That's where I go, like, what is it? And then when the players return, and if the role ever reduces, which it might not, I just don't know what he's great at. A lot of it is these percentages that are 10 plus percentage points higher than anything he did through his four years in college, which gives me skepticism. But again, he continues to be really good and continues to put up really good numbers that are worthy of a 12-team roster spot. 17, 5, and 6 in 39 here for Huckers. Duncan Robertson had been playing well, but he did not. Five points on 18% with four assists. I still think that you can make an argument for rostering Dunk. You don't have to. He's more of a threes and points streamer. And then we had the big fella, Jamal Kane. 28 minutes, 18 and six, two threes and two steals. Real ones would remember the 22 NBA preseason. This guy was going crazy. They still had no power forward like they don't now. And we saw this guy put up big numbers through the preseason. We go, oh, is, this, is this the next guy? Is this the next Robinson, Struess, Vincent, Nunn? The guy who comes out of nowhere and finds himself in a starting role. And then he barely played. So it didn't work out. But he did it here. I'm not adding Jamal Kane anywhere. 20 teamers, sure, go for it. He's still on a two-way, but he was really, really good in this game. Kevin Love had 8-7-4 and four in 13 minutes, while legendary prospect Nikola Jovic, little chungus. Not a bad line. 11-3-3, three and three, a steal and a block, 20 minutes. Now, the challenge for Jovic is to get into the rotation when Martin, Richardson, Butler, and Lowry are healthy. He spent nearly all of the year in the G League. So, I'm not ready to say that he's going to be a regular rotation player, but that's a relatively solid line from Jovic. Roderick Hampton Jr. had seven points in his 25 minutes. Starting him in an NBA game and winning it is honestly just ridiculous. Like, um, what's, the, what's the word? Confidence. I know it's not Riz, but I'll, I'll say Riz anyway. It's, oh, what a dickhead I am. Um, it's, it's ballsy, but they did it and they won. For the Warriors, 102 points only. The third string center again was the best center. This is the risk with Trace Jackson Davis is that he's the third stringer, so it's not always guaranteed minutes. But he had 26 of them here, 10 and 11, two blocks. It had been a little bit rough, but he's top 100 over the last two weeks. I still think you want him on a roster, even though we're going to have these loony games or these Sharage games. It takes Steve Kerr a while to commit to these things. I think he eventually has to. I don't know that he will. Uh, the switch, Brandon Pajemski played 28 minutes, 10, 3, and 5. Definitely not his best. You hold on. But I'm not sure we need to hold on to the bucket, John Kaminga. 24 minutes, 10, and 5. He's not really as fantasy-friendly. was nowhere near as fantasy-friendly as Pajemski. Probably more at risk from Draymond Green returning than Pajemski is. He's been okay. The free throws are a real worry for um, Kaminga. He doesn't really generate defensive stats at all like Pajemski does. 
I think if you're in a 12-team category, you could consider dropping Kaminga and it would be okay. And Andrew Wiggins had an okay game last time out, but he can't string two of them in a row together. 11 points, 26 minutes, 36%. He's okay. If, if you want to hold him, go for it. But you absolutely shouldn't need to. You don't need to hold Andy Wiggins. Now, there's three old assholes on this team. Let's just give it a blanket one. Because we're going to talk about Chris Paul, who had 9, 4, and 4 in 27 minutes. And Chris Paul is now outside the top 180 over the last two weeks. He's outside the top 120 for the season. And he's struggling. And part of the reason he's even able to be around that 120 mark is that earlier in the season when Draymond was out suspended the first time, he padded his numbers up. This time he hasn't been able to. And what we have seen is a very, very clear delineation that when Paul is starting, he was really strong. And when he's coming off the bench, he's been bad or below par. And I don't think that Pajemski's given this spot up. So I don't know that we need to hold Chris Paul. Is he washed? He's not washed, but he's not the same player that he was very clearly. So I think if you're leaning shallow, a 10, a 12 with maybe no IR slots, 12 roster spots instead of 13, he's probably a drop. Clay Thompson did his very best to defeat the washed watch allegations. And then he went back and had 13 points on 36% with no rebounds. Now, the five assists and two steals are nice. We played through this, but again, I'm not fully convinced that he's going to maintain 12-team value all season. And then we're going to have some sort of a conversation here about Steph. He's not washed, don't get me wrong. But this is a real slump. 13 points, 20% shooting, six assists, two steals, a block, and two threes. This one, unlike Paul and Clay, I'd be going the buy low. He's like outside the top 60 over the last two weeks. Do I look at him as a first-round player rest of season? Not really, no. I've got him just outside the first round. I have baked in some of that age-related regression into his game and pushed him back from where I had him like seven in the preseason or six or something uh, down to like 14. I've pushed him back. He's not washed, but he's not Ill- He's not his... I was going to say he's not elite. He still is elite, obviously. I don't know how to properly phrase this. I think you know. He's not in the conversation for top three fantasy players anymore. But he's not as bad as this little two, three-week run, I would I would think, would indicate. Got 13 Moses Moody minutes. A bit disappointed to see his minutes drop back. Still don't know what's going to happen if Gary Payton returns soon or when Draymond is back. But I feel the most confident about Pajemski. I feel very little confidence about Chris Paul. I feel marginal confidence about Jackson Davis, but that might not work out. And I don't have a huge amount of confidence in Wiggins and Kaminga. In fact, this whole team is a little bit all over the shop at the moment. All right, let's do the second last game. The San Antonio Spurs, big victory over the Blazers, 118-105. Let's talk about the man who allegedly is not playing tomorrow, and that's Victor Wembanyama. Although they haven't 100% ruled him out, and he only played 24 minutes in this game. He didn't have a single foul, and he dropped an, an absolutely comical line. A comical. No surprises who the monstrous line of the night is going to be, by the way. 30 points, two threes, six rebounds, six assists, seven blocks, 64 from the field, 100 from the line. Like I have said 10, 15, 20 times this season, this man is going to break fantasy. He's going to be a first-round pick next season. He's going to be the number one player by the end of his rookie contract. He is going to smash everything that we know about fantasy. He's going to destroy it. 100% gone. It's cooked. Look at this shit. Look at this. Look at this. Look at it. 36 and 6, 7 blocks. 10 of 10 from the line. And he still doesn't know what he's doing. Mate, it's gonna be it's gonna be ridiculous. I know it's against the Blazers. I don't care. 
Devin Vassell, 17, 5, and 7, 4 steals in a block. And one thing is very interesting with Vassell. Been struggling. They move Horsecock to the bench and Vassell blows up. Hmm. I will maintain that Calvin Johnson is not a starter on any sort of team that is battling for a playing spot, and they should trade him to a team that thinks he is. Do I hate him? No. I just don't think he's as good as people do. The Horsecock had 9, 3, and 2 on 36%. Honestly, if this continues, he's a very easy drop. He'd sort of elevated his game this season and improved a lot. But Keldon is now outside the top 200 over the last two weeks, and he's pushing to be outside the top 100 for the season. Points League's a different story. Bubbles struggled. Julian Champagne, two points in 14 minutes. Not a 12-team league guy. 14, again, I'll be okay with holding. But I am thinking this is going to happen. And again, let's go for the fifth time of saying this. I don't believe Trey Jones is the answer to any question. This Who's our future starting point guard? It's not the answer. He's not it. That's not him. But with the way that things are happening, they're moving things around, I think Trey Jones is going to get a shot at being a starter in the next couple of weeks. Eight, five, and six in 26 minutes here. Keep an eye on it. And if you feel like banking on my uh, feminine intuition, go for it. It could be wrong. It is completely a gut feel that is based on no inside information at all. It's a gut call. Just keep an eye on it. Malachi Branham, 13, 5, and 4. One of his better games, but we're only looking there in deepers. And Sohan, again, don't don't be too hasty, but he's playing better. He's inside the top 110 over the last two weeks. 16, 7, and 3 on 60% shooting. At least he's a points league ad, maybe a category league guy. Not much else going on with the Spurs. What we do see, though, is 11 and 7 in 17 minutes for Zach Collins does not cut it. Don't drop, because he probably will start tomorrow. But what he... What he is going to be is a better than Paul Reed level streamer when Wembenyama is out. That's how it's looking to me. For the Blazers, Scoot Henderson started because Anthony Simons was out. 25, 3, and 4 for Scooter. Three threes, 35% is not great. 6 of 6 from the line. The thing that frustrates me about Scoot is that they keep starting Malcolm Brogdon over him. I said after his last game that he looked a little bit better that you might want to get ahead of it. You might want to again get ahead of it. I don't know that he's going to start or continue to start. But anytime you can drop a 25-3-4, take 23 shots, get to the line six times, makes me think you're starting to figure it out a little bit more. Brogdon, 37 minutes. Anyone want to give me any top 100 player, I would just snap it up. 29-6-6 for him. Well, Jeremy Grant actually was better for the first time in forever. 29-10 and on bad shooting, of course. And Jabari Walker played 30 minutes because also a late scratch in this one was Duop Reith, who was um, supposed to be getting a lot of those minutes at backup center, but he didn't. Moses Brown only played 14 minutes. That shows how bad he is. But what about Ibu Baji? Ibu Baji was on this team all of last season, didn't play a single game. He's one of the most athletic seven-footers you'll ever see. He wasn't on the team to begin the season, then signed a two-way about a week into the year. I think when Robert Williams went down. Seven and nine in 14 minutes with three blocks. Ibu Baji should be playing every single minute ahead of Moses Brown. Moses Brown is is tall. That's all he is. He's tall. I don't think he really knows how to play most of the time. Baji's got a little bit of extra something, a bit of gumption. If I'm in a 30-teamer, I'd add Baji. Jabari Walker had six and nine. He had an early locker room trip, but you know, we don't worry about that too much. And Thibault played a lot of minutes. His minutes pushed up. No Simons, no Sharp. He had two steals. We know what he is. You stream him for steals, and you don't care about him in any other way. While well, Kamara had one point in his 21 minutes. All right, the final game of the night, the undermanned Charlotte Hornets go down to the Lakers, 
112. Charlotte, of course, was out with, without Gordon Haywood, Lamelo Ball, and doubtful legend Mark Williams. They started Big Dick Nick, 11 and 10, steal two blocks. Just keep rostering him. Add him if he's available. Brandon Miller played 29 minutes in his return. 17 points is good. Efficiency is good. One rebound, two assists. He's not, but a steal a block. Like, solid. He should be rostered. Not sure how long it lasts, but should be rostered. Miles Bridges, 20 and 5 with five assists. He just keeps doing the same thing every game, it feels like. And Rogier had 18, 6 and 8. And that big efficiency spike has just disappeared. He shot 36% here. We knew it was going to fall away. And it has. And he's going to end up back outside the top 50. Not much else going on. Bryce McGowan's started. PJ Washington stunk 9 and 6, but do hold PJ. Cody Martin played 20 minutes for 5, 4 and 2. Now, the immediate reaction from some people with Gordon Haywood going out was, hey, do we go and add Cody Martin? And no, he's not a 12-team league guy. He's probably an interesting 14-team stream sort of a player, but he's been out forever. And he's not going to ramp into gigantic minutes, and he's just not that big, gigantic stat accumulator. A steal here is good. He had four last game. He could be one of those sort of stream guys, but he's more 14, probably more 16-team league player. The Lakers were without Cam Reddish, so they started Rui Hachimura, just refusing to play any guards at all. Interesting, and then pregame, they were talking about Austin Reeves, and Austin's going to play a ton of minutes for us, man. I've, I've got to find a way to get him more minutes. Darvin Ham. Darvin Ham. If you are watching, let me let you know a couple of things. You control the minutes. If you're trying to find a way to get him more minutes... You can do that by not playing worse players more minutes. Your initial reaction to see this might be, Reeves, only 24 minutes? This guy needs to go. And, well, sure, I get it. He also had three fouls in nine minutes in the first half, so that impacted it. So I'm not going to completely root ham for this one. Reeves still had 16, 2, and 4, but this... Minutes nonsense. Oh, yeah, he's going to have to play a lot. This, he's going to have to... We're, he's going to play a lot. We have to find a way to get more minutes into him. Directly contradicts the stuff that you said before. Well, we've actually found that Austin plays better and we keep him fresh when he's 28 to 29 minutes. Which one is it? You're finding more minutes for him or he's better at 28 to 29 or you're a lying, lying asshole who just doesn't know what they're talking about. Maybe he's not an asshole. He's probably, he's probably a good guy. But there's lies riddled everywhere through that. Well, it's either lies or complete incompetence. I don't know which one it is. For now, we still roll with Reeves. D'Angelo Russell, who'd been under 20 minutes the last two games, played 29 here. 16, 3, and 9 with four threes. I think it's a little bit mirage I think it's because Reddish is out. But if you were in a strong position, you were a hold on him. If you're in a tough position, you drop. Because he was only playing like 25 a night as a starter anyway. And the, minute, the production was way down. This was good. Davis had 26 and 8 with four blocks. Max Christie played 24 minutes. If you want to know how this game went. 10 and 7 with two blocks and two threes. He's a really good shot blocking wing, Christy. And LeBron didn't do much. 17, 4, and 11. He's fine. Not much. Hachimura, that's a Rui line if I've ever seen one. 17 and 4 with no threes. He shot well. Do not add Rui Hachimura. And of course, the artist formerly known as Torian Prince, he pancaked his way to three points in 23 minutes. At least he had um, three steals. Shot 14% from the field. We knew a bad one was coming. But this game is over so early. Um, the minutes are all spread all over the shop. It's very hard to get a full read on anything. If you do have if you do have Prince, I would rather have him over Hachimura. I'd rather have him over Vanderbilt, obviously over Reddish, not over Reeves. But it's hard to get a full gauge on this game given how quickly it seemed to be over and the way that the minutes were distributed through most of the game. That is the game's done. From Thursday, all eight of them. Let's go and do some stream of the day recaps. Our 10-team stream of the day was Andre Drummond. 
I don't know if it worked out. Like, probably not. 7-16 and 16 with a steal. Still should roster him. Your 12-team stream was the Rabbit Hunter, Alex Caruso. That worked. 15-7-2 with a steal and no blocks. The 14-teamer was the artist formerly known as Torian Prince. He Chris Gale his way to 3-3-3-3 three, 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 three with a block. I think some stats sites have two assists, but the box score I looked at when I typed this up had three. That's all right. Still holding, though. The 16-teamer, well, that was a gigantic success. It was Peyton Watson, 20 points, five rebounds. With two assists, he's a guy to add even in 12s at this point. The, the points league streamers was Drummond, 28 Yahoo points, and 19 ESPN points was his uh, was his final score there. So now it is time for the monstrous line of the night. The monstrous line of the night, you're going to be stunned to know, was also the young gun of the night because it was the one, the only, Victor, as I put the wrong screen up, it was the one and only Victor Wembenyama. 30 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists, 7 blocks. Ridiculous game. Your waiver wire line of the night. The best player available in over 50% of leagues. And I'm going to venture to say that this man is available in 120% of leagues. Dwight Powell, 12 points, 14 rebounds, and 6 assists. I am not doing anything with this. And the dud of the night. There were a couple of guys I could have gone for here. One of the ones I was going to go for didn't actually meet my 70% rostered threshold. So he got off lightly. That was Derek Lively, actually. So we're going to go instead with Trey Murphy who struggled. Six points for Ken. He had one rebound and two assists. He shot poorly. Still roster him. Don't need to do anything silly with that. Lastly, we go through the top six players for categories, for points, and the top six guys rostered in under 50% of leagues. Um, the top six players starts with Victor Wembanyama at number one. Not a surprise there. Your number two is Jokic, followed by Kate Cunningham, Tyrese Halliburton, and then a pair of Tonys. Anthony Edwards and Anthony Davis. Your top six players, Ross, in under 50%. Dwight Powell, cool. Pat Williams should be rostered. Derek Jones should be rostered. Larry Nance, hmm, we watched that one. Peyton Watson, yeah, have a crack. And Aaron Neesmith probably should be rostered, although I'm not fully convinced on him in 12s. Your top six players in points leagues, it goes Tatum, who just narrowly pipped Wembenyama, Tyrese Halliburton, Kate Cunningham, Anthony Edwards, and big chungus Nikola Jokic. Finally, our little checklist takeaway of the day. I'm adding Peyton Watson, I think. I'm adding Jalen Smith, a little bit more long-term staying power. I've got no idea how Aaron Gordon, how long Aaron Gordon's going to be out. Might be a while, though. And then Derek Jones is still floating around. These are all guys I think we consider adding. Be more than happy to drop Gordon Haywood. Very hard for me to consider that a hole, given his middling play and the injury. And then the other one, if you're really desperate for it, I think you can move on John Collins. You don't have to, of course, but I think John Collins can be considered a drop. Um, given the way that things are trending with his performance, the way Utah is playing, I think you can move on from him. That brings us to the end of the recaps. And think, I was going to say, is that the end of the recap shows for 2023? No, it's not. We're going to have one on New Year's Eve. So it'll be a recap show on New Year's Eve. So yeah, we'll still have one there. So don't forget um, to be a double banger. Watch the video, listen to the audio, and hit the subscribe button. If you are on YouTube, thumb that up, leave your comments, subscribe, ring the notification bell. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.